Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Robert, and um, here's a funny story. Me and Robert were scheduled to record. Um, Something happened, and he sent me an email saying, hey, are you ready? I didn't get the email, and I thought that he had um, skipped out on me, so I started streaming. I don't remember what it was. It was probably Darkest Dungeon back then. Um, So I was just streaming when Robert pops up in chat and says, hey, aren't we supposed to be recording right now? And it (laughs) it made me feel really bad that I had missed his email. (laughs) Um, This is another episode where Zencaster kind of failed me, and we have some audio difficulties. They, They do... Uh, work themselves out about five or ten minutes in so just kind of bear with me otherwise it's a really really great episode i think you're going to enjoy it remember if you want to be on the show all you need to do is go to www.dontgiveupskeleton.com and all of the links that you need will be there thanks and enjoy the episode So, uh, do you want to tell me about the first Souls game that you played? Yeah, I uh, I came into just Dark Souls 1. I've only ever played the Dark Souls series. I don't have a PlayStation 3 or 4 to, to play any of the, the Blood, Bloodborne or Demon Souls. I really want to try Demon Souls, but uh, I came into Dark Souls 1 because it's. I heard about it on uh, Gamers with Jobs. So I kept hearing him talk about it. And if they mention a game more than once, you usually know it's great. Mm-hmm. So uh, they kept talking about it and talking about it. And then they finally said it was like adult Zelda. And I'm like, you know, they said it so much. I need to go try it. And I saw the box art and I was like, I've seen this everywhere. It always looked like a piece of crap uh, <laughs> just by the box art on it. And I was like, that looks terrible. Who wants to play this stupid game? And then I tried it and I was pretty hooked after that. And I thought like, oh, I get it. You know, this is a walkthrough. And then you get stomped by the giant uh, demon in the uh, yeah. asylum. Yeah. And just uh, I ran around. And I was trying to figure out, like, what's this green thing you leave behind? Like, why is it in a different place every single time? Like, I didn't figure out it was my blood stain for a good 20 minutes. And then I didn't find the door for even a longer time. Like, man, this is hard. They threw this guy at you with a broken sword. Like, what am I doing? So, yeah, I had no clue what I was getting my hand uh, getting into there. And it was just falling in love after that. I remember, uh, it's funny you bring up Gamers with Jobs. I remember uh, listening to that podcast, like, years and years ago. And um, listening to Sean describe... Uh, what I know now to be uh, the Valley of Defilement. And he was talking about like being in this horrible, like mm-hmm. shit filled, like poison place where it has no visibility and there's nothing there. And everything that he's saying sounded horrible. And I was like, I'd never want to play that. But the way that he talked about it was like the most, he was like, Oh my God, it was so amazing. And I was like, okay, like that's a really weird combination of things. Yeah. Very strange. <laughs> that, that's the, that's the thing I love about it. It's like, everybody's always like oh it's so difficult it's so terrible but it's like i think that's part of the the loveliness about it but i don't know it's everything about it is a game i shouldn't like but i think it's so perfectly done it transcends all of that because it just treats you in a different way than any other game does yeah that's true it's it doesn't hold your hand and it doesn't it kind of expects a lot from like the player like you should go into that prepared and like you should know what you're doing and the game does mm-hmm. teach you a little bit. Like it, 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 it lets you learn lessons, but it's not like press A to do this or anything like that. Yeah, it lets you learn your own lessons, which I think is it's refreshing, but it's also just Dark Souls way. That's true. That's true. What it was it that what was it that captured you? Like was it just the way that you were controlling your character, or was it um, like just kind of the the fantasy world building that they were doing right there at the beginning? Uh. I think I was waiting to great. Something was nagging at me. Like I knew it was good and it took me a while to figure it out. Like I didn't know how to equip a sword. I didn't know how to use equipment, like anything going into it. So as I'm working through, I'm trying to like play through and play through and like just kind of throwing it up against the wall. And finally, like one time it was just like at work all day thinking about it. And I was like, Oh, I think I love this game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. It was just a, a great time to play through the Berg. You do the first initial 25 hours of just kind of, slowly going through and hauling through getting i was warned about the dragon so i didn't get killed to the dragon i did some spoiler lookup i uh i didn't play it fully safe there but uh being able to run through there and then head back around and then replay that entire berg area in a matter of minutes in comparison to tens of hours it's uh mm-hmm. it's a great time in dark souls to learn that and that's just kind of the entire game after that you just 
you do something forever. And maybe not since Fortress, so you can still run through that faster than I ever played through it. But uh, and maybe the one just because it's it's difficult to work through there. Yeah, it's it's hard to run through sins like super super quick. I mean, like with, just with the uh, the uh, swinging blade, mm-hmm. which I know have a name that I can't remember. Like I've I've tried so many times and I had like hundreds of hours into the game. Like I'm just going to run through all of these all at once. Smack, <laughs> fall down to all the ground. <laughs> it's not good. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing worse than getting stuck in an area where like you've done it a million times and it just puts you against the wall that day that you tried to try to speed through it. Yeah. Absolutely. Like for some reason, like why is this like hollow killing me that I've killed literally seven million times before? Like, what is the deal? What's wrong with me? What was your first build like when you started playing? Like, did you go for any specific thing, or did you gravitate gravitate towards a certain weapon? Uh, I always am kind of a a sword and shield guy. I've done a few other weapon types. Like, I've done a spear run. Um, I've never done any, any all bow or archery or I've actually never even done a magic run. I've always wanted to make the, the miracle class work just because it's mm-hmm. fun, but it always seems to be so underpowered. It's not really worth it. <laughs> Depends on the game. Like the Dark Souls one, it's still pretty broken. Um, mm-hmm. And two, it's it's a little bit more balanced. And in three, it's it's stupid bad. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> like I know you can make it work, I but I, I didn't like I didn't like my sorcerer run it at all in Dark Souls. 3. I uh I played Dark Souls 3 on hard mode just by playing all Miracle Cast and it was uh it was a poor choice. I found out at the end like I've never really figured out the stats that well. I've re- refrained that. Uh I never took the time to figure out the stats. I've just taken kind of what I've learned from Bonfireside Chat and people online and applied it, but uh I never really took time to get beyond much beyond a uh, scaling understanding of stats and how they apply. I can see that. Yeah. It's, it can be kind of daunting, especially in your first run to try to figure out mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Yeah. Especially the first time around, you never knew what was going on. That's where I was just basically sword and board and working my way through there, which worked out fine. And yeah, like I figured out the rolling and how to parry eventually and all that timing and just fun. <laughs> did you figure all that on your own like i know were you like listening to bonfire side chat as you were playing or like looking up stuff on the side i looked up did you were you just kind of figuring that all that stuff out? no i played through the first time through an orlando um i'd gotten past the archers i never made it to smone or scene and it wasn't that like i quit because i got tired of it like can't remember if i got another game or just something came up in life and i i moved on for a little bit um and then i found bonfire side chat one day when i was kind of like oh i love dark souls i need to like look up there's got to be some podcast out there. That's why I found Bonfire Side Chat, and I was just like, "Wow, I need to go back and replay all of it." So I was like, "That's just a great listening podcast for anybody that loves Dark Souls." <laughs> if anybody's on here, they yeah, probably already know of it. But they pro- probably so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my uh, my whole my whole stick on this episode is basically to get all of their fan base on the podcast. So <laughs> there's been like 15 or 16 people that I've met specifically through the Bonfire Side Chat group that have been on the show so far. <laughs> It's good though. Like it's like listening to that podcast can make you appreciate those games like a a whole lot more than you would normally. Like they they go into some depth. Mm-hmm. And I never knew about Dark and Orlando until I heard it on an episode. Like I'd played past that point and just I didn't think twice about being told to go on a mission because it was so video gamey. And then they're like, "Oh yeah, you can do this." And I did it, and I was like, "Oh, that's awesome." I kind of liked the other one a little bit better. Ah, oh, shit! I can't take it back. <laughs> a <laughs> moment like oh, i've ruined something beautiful it'll never come back again yeah the uh the concept of in orlando going dark and like everything that happens around that like the lore behind it and the like the stuff that it changes <laughs> is all really really good but the actual like mechanical changes like the the fact that your lock on range is dramatically reduced like it is in the duke's archives <laughs> like is just the worst yeah, right before I I went and destroyed Anne Orlando, my favorite thing to do was the uh, go and take on the Silver Knights. So um, mm-hmm. as soon as you kill or make Anne Orlando go dark, like you can't go back and do any of the Silver Knight stuff. It's all gone. And I was just farming those like crazy at the time. I didn't know about the, uh, the forest farming method uh, when I was playing through then. Yeah. So it was just fun to go parry and practice on and get a ton of souls out of it. So I do runs like that. And then suddenly I killed them. I was like, oh, I just a killed my main source of souls that I was just using for farming, and just like my parry practice. It's like, ah, oh, bummer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, they just—I think all of them disappear, or did some of them? Did the, did the archers stay? I can't quite remember. But either way, they, all of the convenience. Yeah, I don't know about the archers disappear. Oh god, the archers! Yeah. I made it to the archer point, and up until then, having a pretty good time in Orlando, and just spent two or three days on the run up, very very long run up all the way up to the archers. It was just miserable, and I was like, I complained to my wife, and thankfully she put the smile on when I talked about Dark Souls, and then we moved past <laughs> it. Um, I'm like, I know you really don't care, but thank you so much for just letting me vent to you about a video game that you know nothing about. <laughs> it sounds intrinsic and just annoying. Yeah, uh, our our poor wives who have to hear about all of our weird video game stuff. I've said this before, but I'm pretty sure that um, my wife could do a fair approximation of what's happening in the Dark Souls lore because I've talked about it so much. <laughs> like that's, which is a ridiculous thing. Like, I mean, it's just a. Yeah, it's just a really st- stupid thing. I thought about introducing her to, like, the uh, there was a pretty good comic done on the entire history that I saw recently on Facebook. And it's like, hey, maybe, like, she would understand here. I'm like, I just know she wouldn't care. Like, I'd be like, read this. She's like, oh, more Dark Souls, really? <laughs> but then... Uh, I've told the story a, a million times, but uh, Sean Wagner, the, the lore hunter, him at the dinner table one day with his, you know, his family. And he says, he kind of looks up from eating and he goes, you know what? And his wife looks at him and goes, no dark souls at the dinner table. <laughs> he goes, oh, okay. <laughs> Didn't even get the word out. That's one of my, it's one of my favorite stories. And I just, yeah, really need to get that souls widows podcast. Going I know. At some point. I, I laughed when you brought that up. I was like, yeah, my wife could probably relate. <laughs> um, I know. Uh, whenever I find anybody like, and when I say anybody, I found one person really that of like my friends group that I know that absolutely loves dark souls too. And I was like, we were at a, a wedding and I just came by. I was like, Hey, how's it going? You know, and didn't know the guy at all. It's like, what do you, uh, what do you do? He's like, I play games. I was like, what are you playing? He's like, Oh, right now I'm just really trying not to go back to dark souls too. Cause I know I'll just suck away all my life again. I'm like, Oh, you play dark souls. And the rest of like the night we were just talking about <laughs> the entire time. And now whenever I see him, I talk to him about, I'm like, he probably hates the fact that I always come up to dark souls with him. But well, if he's that big of a fan of dark souls, he probably doesn't hate exactly. it at all. Like, that's probably exactly what he's looking for. <laughs> he's just trying to not get sucked back into another thing. I think that's what we all do. Like I love, there's two games I could like play forever. Any of the dark Souls series really, and then like Rocket League. And I know if I go down either rabbit hole, I'm sucked away for a good 30, 40 hours straight. <laughs> yeah, Rocket League is so good, man. Like those <laughs> those quick matches, like I got I was heartily obsessed with Rocket League for a good long time. And it's hard to get the new- I haven't tried any of the new modes or anything like that either. I kinda wanna get back into that game a little bit. Yeah, they're all pretty fun, especially the uh the new like Mario Kart kind of edition they did to it. That's all mm-hmm. pretty good time. But so you're doing sword and board. You get past the archers. Um, about how long do you think it took you to finish the game? Not too long. At that point, like I did pretty good, and I I totally cheated the Duke's arch- archives by uh, I wore the like uh, the invisibility and fog ring, and like you couldn't be heard. So like actually getting through there, people's horror stories. I'm like, I thought it was easy. I was like, oh, I totally did like the cheap newbie mode of like not being able to be seen or heard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's cheap or, or newbie mode. Like, you know, being able to, number one, get that ring. Uh, but number two, like, also, you know, think to yourself, okay, well, like, I can sneak through here and, and miss a lot of those enemies. Like, that's that's still kind of a scary process to go through. Like, that that's I think that's a very valid yeah. strategy. Just like people say, like, poisoning the Anorlando archers <laughs> is like a, like, oh, man, that's all weak or newbie <laughs> mode or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's, but, you know, that's fine. It's in the game. Like, mm-hmm. it's not. It's not cheap if it's in the game. Exactly, that's what I figured. But it didn't. Uh, maybe another twenty hours, just because there were new areas to me. But uh, like the boss fights got hard. But at that point, you know, to go slow and and move through an area, learn from your mistakes and where all the enemies are, and like that's the thing. I could go and play like Dark Souls one in my head, essentially at this point, and just <laughs> like if I ever got like stuck in an internment camp. Like, well, they can take away my freedom, but they can never take Dark Souls. Like, just hold up, like, rocking in the corner. <laughs> Thumbs twitching like you're actually playing the game. I gotta roll faster next time. Be like, they're still beating me in my own head. How does that happen? And actually, that's kind of funny. I use um, kind of as, like, a mental relaxation exercise or whatever. Whenever I'm trying to, like, calm down about something, like, I just go to my happy place of, like, parrying Black Knights. <laughs> 
there's nothing more relaxing in the world. You just think you're like, and shield away. You see their arm go back. You're like, oh, I could just do this all day. You hear that really <laughs> satisfying noise? That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Did you have a, like a, a favorite boss out of the game when you were going through it? I'm trying to think back of a favorite boss in Dark Souls 1. I mean, they're all just fun. I'm trying to think, well, except for those those couple that aren't, but I don't think I had a favorite one in Dark Souls 1, but uh, playing through Dark Souls 3, like that poison dragon, I can't remember its name, but I could just play that one for days with people. Like I would go in, I was, I had a pretty good build for it at the time. I had a lot of electricity and mm-hmm. uh, um, miracles going, so I would just go in there and tank them. And just the the crowd control, the dynamic fight, it was just such a good time. That was the the one in the DLC, the Sunken King. Yeah, boss. the DLC. Mm-hmm. Was it Sin? S-S-I-N-H? Yeah, Sin the Dragon. Sin? Yeah, yeah. Like so many Sin plays in that Scholar of the First Sin edition, it got lost. Um, it's that's one of the better dragon fights in the in a game series. That's kind of known for its pretty terrible dragon fights, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like the ancient dragon is such a garbage fight. And, <laughs> I don't know, like the guardian dragons aren't like I didn't. I like the the set piece of the guardian dragon in Dark Souls too, but I don't know that I necessarily like the boss that much. Like it feels real, real easy. Like it just feels kind of yeah. Once you figure out its its mechanics, you just kind of mm-hmm. blow past it. But man, like that giant, uh, like basically bird cage that you're in, like that's so cool. That was a pretty cool part of it. Like it wasn't the best dragon fight ever, but it was certainly a fun and unique one. Mm-hmm. Like could have done better, but they could have done a lot worse. <laughs> Where do you fall on the uh, Nameless King? Nameless King. From Which one was he three? again? The, uh, the, the boss oh. of Arch Dragon Peak. Yeah. The worst. Yeah, he was... <laughs> As what a lot of people think. Yeah, I was prepped for it, so I took like four guys into it. I didn't even try him once because I knew him like, I'm not that good single one-on-one. Like At times, I'm, I'm really good against the bosses I can kill, and then I'm really bad against the ones that I'm not able to kill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I just was... I have a good time playing through. I don't I don't think I have to do it without looking up stuff or I do it all by myself. So if I try it once or twice and I'm not having a good time, I'll just go ahead and take a couple people in with me. I, th- I think you said at the beginning that you played Dark Souls 1 on PC. Was that correct? Uh, I ended up... Well, I have it on multiple things. I started out on okay. 360. Okay. So by then, everybody had already moved on to Dark Souls 2 because I picked it up after Dark Souls 2. Oh, okay. That's what I was. Cu- I was curious about the timeline. Yeah. Like, so, did you when you finished Dark Souls one? Did you like start over and like play New Game Plus or start a new build, or were you like, oh, there's a Dark Souls two? I'm just going to go directly into that. I did some New Game Plus. I've actually I've tried to do the Artorias of the Abyss DLC. I've never actually done it. I tried to do it on one run and I missed all the. I missed something and I wasn't there to get into. Um. Mm. So then I tried to like redo it again and I still couldn't find the right pieces. So I still have to go and play it here. It's amazing. Um. But that's it's... like the one piece I've not touched. It's arguably the best part of Dark Souls One, to be honest with you. Like, and that's bes- the funny part. <laughs> besides the um, like, if you re- like, if it's your first Souls game, then the best part of Dark Souls One is probably like learning that Dark Souls One exists. But mm-hmm. if you just take it as a game, like it's it's got a real direct connection with the lore, and it plays out in a real interesting way. Like, it changes the main game co- context of the main game storyline, which is really interesting. You get like one, two. You get three pretty amazing boss fights, and then one that's just kind of average. And then technically, there's a there's a fifth optional one. Like it's huge. Like there's that's a huge piece of content, and it's so so good. You should yeah, you should you should go just cheat engine yourself the uh, the key for it. And just get in, <laughs> just play it because it is kind it'll of a pain a, in the ass to get. Yeah, it'll give me a good excuse to go back and play again, do another build. That's the thing. I think if I could only play one game ever again, like. I think Dark Souls is just such a, a beautiful mess in that it's a really great structure with some lovable flaws and things that just don't work, but they work because they don't work. Mm-hmm. And like the different ways you can play it, like 50 or 100 different styles, it just, it's kind of an endless game in that regard. But like normally I don't, I'll finish a game, I always think I'll go back to it, mm-hmm. but I'll. I never really do, but with Dark Souls, like, I can go back to it day in, day out. <laughs> Just play it over and over and over again. Yeah, you know, it doesn't really get old. 
<laughs> That's why we're doing a podcast about it right now. Yeah, I literally created a podcast so that I could talk to Dark Souls about people, talk about Dark Souls to people like for, you know, two or three hours a week. Like I wasn't doing it enough already on Twitter and like my poor wife's <laughs> ear. And yeah, so completely understand that. Yeah, yeah actually, so I, was at a, I was at a bar the other day and I was talking to an old art teacher. He's retired now. And uh, he was talking about a gamer guy that he met. And I was like, well, I'm, you know, don't judge him too harsh. I'm a gamer too. And he's like, well, what do you play? And I was like, well, I play this game called Dark Souls. And I was kind of trying to explain it to a, an old guy that doesn't, he like, he played Pong and like stuff on mate, like old servers in the eighties. And the guy at the table next to us, they're playing Settlers of Catan. And he's like, oh man, you must be a masochist. I'm like, ah, really do have to have this conversation again. In fact, the, the only article I found about like, why you shouldn't play Dark Souls was never about the difficulty. It was uh, on, uh, I think, Kotaku. And it was like, ever play Dark Souls? Yeah, effing don't, because it ruins every other game for you. Yep. <laughs> it's like, oh, this would be so much better if it was a little bit more like Dark Souls. And it was a hilarious run-through on, like, the 20 reasons why you should, like, if you ever play Dark Souls, every other game is not as good ever again, so just don't play it ever. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty miserable. Like when you put a game into the <laughs> into your console and you're like, okay, it's time to sit down and play a video game, and you're like, or I could just play more Dark Souls. <laughs> That's the thing. I've tried to do The Witcher two and three, and each time mm. I'm just like partway in. I'm like there's way too much cutscene and everything else and complicated. I'm like, I'm just gonna play Dark Souls. I'm like that'll be good enough. The Witcher two was definitely a victim of my soulsitis because I remember picking that up on the uh, 360 and being like kind mm-hmm. of excited for it, but just the the clunkiness of the combat and moving around the world like really turned me off compared to again dark souls where like dark souls is 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 not i wouldn't necessarily call it like not clunky like it's it's pretty like deliberate but like i wasn't i don't fumble with dark souls like i was with exactly the um yeah. and the witcher 3 is is a lot better about it so i've gotten a lot further and like i just but i find myself like turning the combat down to zero basically like the easiest setting so that i can just literally hit somebody and they fall down so i can just get to the next story bit like <laughs> i would love a version of that game without any kind of combat doesn't would make any sense whatsoever but like if you just gave me like a quick time event for every boss i would probably love that game way, way more <laughs> i know that sounds that's ridiculous because it's an rpg but like that's kind of i don't know i just don't care about the combat in that game at all mm-hmm. yeah same issue i've had so did you like were you kind of Dark Souls Two was already out at that point? Like, did you get mm-hmm. after you kind of played around with New Game Plus stuff? You went right into it, or did you take a break for a while? I took a break for a little while. I almost had to like work up into it. Like, I have that thing where if you, I love Dark Souls One so much, and some other games, it was like, oh, but what if, what if I don't gel with Dark Souls Two? It was kind of it was a really weird relationship kind of thing with Dark Souls One. So finally, one day I was just like, all right, I'm gonna dive into Dark Souls Two, and immediately like it just felt so different. Like it was samey in many ways, but like the graphics were different. The way your, your character kind of moved, like everything was just off enough. I was like, Oh, I really like they, they screwed this up. But eventually like, like kind of everybody says it's still a dark souls game. It's kind of like dark souls light. Like there's still plenty of hard parts to it, but uh, it's got like all the, the parts of dark souls you kind of like, and then just some stuff you don't, but it's still a great game. Like I, I put probably 120 hours into it so yeah that's the thing that i always have to tell myself is when i find myself kind of ragging on dark souls 2 i'm like but you know you still probably have like 300 hours between the first game and now scholar that's come out like (laughs) it can't be that terrible (laughs) (laughs) and that's the thing it's a great game it's just it's the same issue between dark souls 1 and 3 like it's a great game it's still not the first one i think the first one is just so unique and again perfectly broken that it's hard to match that in like the the level structure, like I can just that level structure for days is the best thing ever. I wish they had done more of that, but I think it would be compared to too much and people would hate on it. Well, also, I think that they had they had years to work on Dark Souls one and they had years mm-hmm. to put that that world together. And then after Dark Souls one became such a phenomenon, like you can tell that their development process sped sped up like they it did, like they started releasing games almost every single year after that. Which is great for us, but also like I think that hurts stuff like you know that intricate level design, which takes a lot longer to plan out and to test and to make sure all fits together in a in a logical fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I'm I'm looking forward to uh, one day playing Demon Souls and Bloodborne. Just that um, the painted level world was amazing, so I've heard how much that's just like it. And uh, looking forward to just getting more Dark Souls than that. Both of those. <laughs> 
all I need to do, I say it just about every podcast, is uh, you know, put Demon Souls on the PS4 and then like you know, somehow get Dark Souls One running on the PS4, and then that's your Souls machine for the rest of your life. <laughs> like, you know, all of the like the big five, like the tent poles, like you've got mm-hmm. them right there. <laughs> Demon Souls is good. It's it's weird, and if you if you do get around to coming back to it or going back to it, uh, let me know because I'm planning. There's been a lot of my guests that haven't played Demon Souls that have gone back to do Demon Souls afterwards after we record. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of thinking about doing a, and I'm saying this on this podcast so that people can respond and tell me it's either a good idea or a bad idea, but doing like a mixture episode of people that have already been on the podcast of just about Demon Souls. See if <laughs> kind of like a, like almost an appendix type thing, but like a, like sure. a revisit. Yeah. So if you play it, let me know. I'd be curious. Yeah. Thoughts on I'm it. hoping to, um, they might add it to the PlayStation now, like that you can play on your PC. So if I can do that, I could certainly get into it there. So I'm, I'm hoping they bring that because it's on the Japanese version. But you can't do it on the American network. So either I'll do an IP switch out or something. I'm not too sure yet. I wonder if the Japanese version, if you could even convert it to English or if it have like the original like English translation that they did before they published it in the West, which was whew, was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, but I'd almost kind of enjoy that. <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like when they changed the all of the menu stuff back to like you defeated in Dark Souls 1 as opposed to like, you know, whatever, whatever the correct, you know, uh, grammar would be on that yeah <laughs> did you uh so if you, you did you play dark souls 2 on the pc as well or did you are on the 360 yeah as after well? i played both i played dark souls 1 on the 360 and then um in the time span there i built a pc and then i bought dark souls on the pc and i played through it again there and then i bought dark souls 2 when it was on a, a sale and played through it on that and it was funny because I, I was like all right well now i get to listen to bonfires i chat and play through in dark souls 2 because it was again two or three years after dark souls 2 came out or however long it had been maybe it was only a year after the scholar edition came out and uh nothing lined up when they were talking about it and i was like well where did i miss this night like what's wrong with my version <laughs> and i had no idea that they had swapped out that many things in the you know, scholar the first sin edition Mm-hmm. So once I figured that out, it was like they talk about something. I'd try to play through it and be like, "Oh, nope, that's not a mine." All right, move on. Um, and actually, it was really funny. I heard him reference in an earlier episode about the poison windmill and how you had to burn down the poison windmill to get the poison out of the the mermaids' mm-hmm. den or whatever. So I heard that. I was like, "All right, remember the windmill. Get there." And I'm with a party of like two to four players going through that area, and uh, they're all trying to tell me. Like they're holding torches up to it. Like, come on, huh? Do this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? We need to go this way. (laughs) I had no idea what they're trying to do. And I was like, you want me to jump off? I don't really get it. I moved on. And then I hit the thing and I was like, man, this, this boss is really hard with all this poison. And then I actually, I had to look it up. And when, as soon as I read, I was like, you idiot, you knew this, (laughs) you forgot it. People tried to tell you, you didn't realize it. Yeah. Four people holding torches up to the same spot. And you're like, should I jump? Huh. I, was like, ah. I could I just go stand over there and I do like the what gesture. Be like they're all just like shaking their heads and oh the gesture system. The amount of times I've talked to people who don't know Dark Souls and I've either done a gesture or Oh like, yeah, said, uh, yeah. Spoken in the uh the orange soapstone. And I'm like, Oh yeah, nobody gets that. Yeah, nobody that yeah, that's that's just just in the Dark Souls community. And even then, like, you, there's a chance that people won't even get it then. Mm-hmm. I think um I think the look skyward gesture is always going to be my favorite uh gesture just because it looks like you're so exhausted with whoever is in front of you and it's just great for <laughs> PvP. Like you just look up and you're like shaking your head like this person is ridiculous. Like it's just so good. Yeah, that one in the uh like the douchebag come at me bro kind of one. Oh, the well what is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that one's also great. <laughs> I do love a good a good well-timed well what is it? Mm-hmm. Or if you get an entire party of just constant praise the suns, those are my sure. favorite of the the invader ones where the invaders like start participating and having a mm-hmm. good time with you. Yeah. Do you uh, do do you do a lot of PvP or did you, have you messed around? With I've gotten a lot in, more into it in um, Dark Souls Three. Mm-hmm. I want to get back into my um, playthrough and actually build something that's decent to, to go up against people because I just die. I don't. I'm not actually good at it. Um, I'm terrible at PvP when I I go in to attack people. I got close to killing one guy, but I don't think I've ever actually done one. Not not officially. I may have like <laughs> knocked him off a shelf or something. It can be weird. Like I I I was super, and I wouldn't even call myself like good at PvP at, at this point. But um, like I got I was super terrible at it when I first started, and it just took 
hundreds of invasions to be able to figure out like the weird systems around that game to, yeah. and around any of them because they're all like just different enough to so that your skills don't translate one to one from you know dark souls one to two or one to three or two to three or what have you mm-hmm. it's rough yeah but i do love to go in and like sunbro with people or uh help them co-op through anything but the amount of uh and dark souls 3 just the amount of times you do that and you get invaded by two three four guys and just like you'd be almost done killing one guy, you get invaded by another, and then he runs off, heals up, and comes down and gets you. And she's like, ah, oh, we're not getting anywhere with this. <laughs> it's weird that they, I mean, like to me, it would be worse to get invaded if there's like, if you have some bros with you, especially if you're opening yourself up that wide for invasions. Like, because mm-hmm. at that point, you're just strictly there to do a boss run. But they seem to have, like, stack the odds so far in the favor of the host like they want you to have multiple people and they you know mm-hmm. it's harder to invade somebody with an, that already has an invader and all, all those systems that they put in place like it's just really weird like i hardly i don't i don't summon a lot like i summon every once in a while but i don't summon a lot so like i barely got invaded ever in dark souls 3 oh really mm-hmm. i got a couple of times um i summoned more in dark souls 3 just because i being so late to the party on one and two um I was like, you know, I'm going to summon the crap out of Dark Souls 3. I was so stoked. I picked it up at launch and played through it right off the get-go. So I wanted to be in that initial party. Actually, did you hear about um, Return to Lordran Day? Yeah, That just happened week. a little bit ago? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought I missed it last week. Was it this week? Yeah, they started um, Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll, the, I'll have to hop back in. Uh, there's a guy that's one of the moderators for... Uh, the dark i think all of the dark souls reddits um who his episode will be coming out in a couple of weeks i'll follow him on twitter he's been posting a lot of stuff about it so okay you have to Uh, send me uh send me his information i'll uh i'll follow him there is there's also uh, well i just i was they're about to do a demon souls version as well (laughs) um and then they're doing uh i think he's told me that they were going to do a dark souls 2 thing like a return to drink like in the springtime oh that'd be pretty fun yeah so this should be should be pretty cool. I like I haven't had a chance to boot up Dark Souls one to get in there, but uh, like just seeing screenshots and him and the guy that runs uh, Mugen Monkey the build site, mm-hmm. they've been posting like just screenshots of like a hundred summon signs on the ground in front of like uh the, like in the undead church, <laughs> like just everybody's playing all of a sudden. It's really, really cool. oh nice. Yeah, I need to get out there and do that then. Yeah, it should be fun. I'm I'm sure people will be playing this weekend too. I think it's a whole week. I don't think it's just the one day, but I, I could be wrong on that one. It'll probably get people to to dive back into it for a little while. Mm. That's that's hilarious that we have like an actual yearly event that people run in and play, go back and play it. Yeah, it's cool. Like it's it's one of those things of like I want to participate in this, but it's always more fun when there's a ton of people. So if you can get a ton of people to do it all at once, mm-hmm. like why not? Like why not do that that one year? How long did it take you to finish Dark Souls two? Because that was a, a huge and giant game. Yeah, that was gigantic. I I never finished the like ash kingdom one no i did finish that one which one didn't i finish oh the ice kingdom i kind of hit my burnout point at that right there and i was like uh dark souls 3 is coming up i need to take like a month break and prepare for that (laughs) so i think i played some rocket league and moved on and then uh dove into dark souls 3 i just it wasn't that i wasn't having fun i just i don't know you hit that point in dark souls where you just need a quick break especially dark souls 2 like there's something just different enough where it can just get to you at times. I think the difficulty curve on it is just a little bit higher, a little less forgiving at points. It feels like that. Absolutely. Like it feels like maybe I I don't really know what it is. Like it could be, I don't know. It's just, there's so many weird things about the mechanics that kind of irk me about that game that make it, I think more difficult for me to play it. And scholars solved some of them, but like not near enough for me. Yeah. I could never, roll as good or parry as good as i did in uh in dark souls like i would literally try to go the wharf took me forever and just go up against these guys try to parry do anything now i would just get killed 50 times over like i killed most of the wharf because i played through it and they all disappeared eventually <laughs> and i think that was the thing that that sucked the most about dark souls too is like that was a cool mechanic but the mechanic was almost there because they knew they made it too difficult at times mm-hmm. and just something different about it. And it, it's a cool mechanic, but it was a, a needed to get through it 
kind of and thing. Especially if you're playing Scholar. Like, they, they ramped up just, like, the amount of enemies. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think about the Iron King, or uh, the Sunk, the, what is it? The Sunken King? No, it's the Iron Palace. It's the, I can't, can't remember the name of the stupid area now, but the boss of the area is the Iron King. Um, Keep? Is it the Iron Keep? Oh, the Iron Keep, though. The one yeah. with the magma? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Like, getting into, like, just getting to the Smelter Demon in that area. Like, there's five or six alone uh, alone knights that, like, all aggro from way far away. If you're human, or I think even if you're not human, there's two or three invaders that can pop up at that front door. Like, Yeah, the invaders were ridiculous yeah. there. <laughs> and that area wasn't, um, like, forgiving. Like, it wasn't easy in the vanilla one. Like, they had archers that would, like, as you're running across the bridge, that would try to, like, knock you <laughs> off the bridge. Uh, and they got rid of that, but they just, like, put four or five more knights in that could chase you down. Like, it was... Scholar's version of that area is probably one of the hardest bits of a Souls game ever. And actually, so it's funny. I mean, this is one of the things I love. That was one of my... Like, once I got past the invaders, and I figured the pull distance on the Elan knights, I had a great time there. I would run through and know exactly how to pull each one of them, and I would just go through and kind of, like, meticulously take them all out. And, uh... Yeah, like, I heard some people had a dickens of a time with them, but just, I'd be like, really? Like, they're super easy. I must have had, like, the perfect build to just knock them out. Because <laughs> it was it's like, one... <laughs> I knew three swipes, I could take them down. Yeah, it's just one of those things where, you know, you tell somebody, like, oh, man, I had a really hard time against the Smelter Demon. And they were like, really? I just hit that in one, to me just one try. Like, he seemed really easy. Like, what, what is your deal? I remember hearing uh, people complain about a particular boss in Bloodborne that was really, 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 really tough. And it took me like hundreds of tries to kill this boss and um, finding out later that there at the at release, there was a weird bug where if you left the game running for a long time, like the AI would get dumb. Like it would just do the same attack over and over again. So <laughs> for some people, like it literally just did like this head bash thing. That was the easiest thing in the world to avoid. And they killed him in like, you know, one or two, one or two tries. And for me, like it was full on monstrosity and a pain in my ass. And so, yeah, there was yeah. some boss that Gary or Cole, would just vent about on Dark Souls one or two, and uh, I went up against. I was like, "Really? Like I had a super easy time with them." And just the amount of stories you get like that are just hilarious. Yeah, it really is. It shows you how like it really kind of shows you the greatness of the games that they can, they can be mm-hmm. that much different to that many different people. Yeah, like anybody that can beat the Taurus demon or not the Taurus demon, the Cabra, like straight off the gate when they just run in. I heard uh, some podcast where some guy like yours. He ran right past it. He's like, oh, I had an easy time with it. He just rolled right through it. It's <laughs> like, are you kidding me? I was kept going left because everybody's like, go towards the staircase. I didn't realize that they said, go right and then go to the straight staircase to go around the guy. Uh, and gotcha. I had the worst time. I was like, I'm doing what they tell me to. This is going terribly. I'd lost all my souls at that point. And just, yeah, the each time you lose all those souls and just like the next day, oh, God, I lost so much money. <laughs> There's something freeing about that, though. Like, there's something kind of uh, almost zen about like losing all of your mm-hmm. all of your currency, and you're like, "Well, I can't do anything anyway. Like, I'm not going to even bother with it. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to die over and over again until I get it done." So, like, it, there's something about that that's like kind of freeing, especially in Dark Souls One, where there's really no punishment for dying, and then you go hollow. Like, you mm-hmm. have the same amount of health. You just kind of look like a hamburger now. Like, that's that's the yeah. only difference. So. You know, you can just do it over and over and over again. With Dark Souls 2, it felt a little worse because you could lose so much health. So. Yeah, I got a little tired of that mechanic at the end, too. Like, you already added enough difficulty. You didn't need to add that to it. <laughs> like, I got the point of it, but... Did you ever um, rack up a bunch of sin in Dark Souls 2? Um, I don't think I did. I never really understood the sin mechanic until later in the game, mm-hmm. so... I never did too much with that. I've never actually sinned too many times in the games. There's a, like, um, you know how Dark Souls 2, once you lose like a 50% of your health, like it stops going down, right? Like you mm-hmm. just get back to half your health bar. If you have a high enough sin rating, that get that 50% HP gets dropped down to 10%. Oh my God. Just like the old, uh, the curse mechanic. <laughs> it's like the old I... curse mechanic that would like quadruple up on you. Yeah. It's, it was really funny. I tried to do like a gimmick build where, uh, cause they had the uh, other pyromancy glove that was supposed to scale if you had high sin or low HP mm-hmm. or whatever. And uh, unfortunately it just wasn't enough difference of a, of a, in damage to, to be worth it. But yeah, specifically going out of my way to die over and over again to see my HP bar drop that far for a dumb gimmick build is one of the dumber things I've done in dark souls too. <laughs> Actually that takes me back to, so when I first played through, 
Dark Souls 1, I was playing through the, uh, it's not the dungeon, what do they call it? Um, the sewer area, but it's not, before Blighttown. The depths. Again? The depths. I was playing through there and I fell through one of the holes and I went all the way down to what I now know are the basilisks, the poison frogs. And uh, I had no idea what I was going up against, so I just killed them all and I kept going through. I never got cursed. <laughs> Like, I was like, what's with this weird gas? It kind of starts to fill up a meter, but I just would kill them before and move mm-hmm. on. And then later on, people kept talking about these things. I'm like, wait, those were like bad and scary. Like, I never got cursed. What happened? What are you guys talking about? <laughs> I've been cursed really once since facing them. Like, I think not knowing helped me just go right into them and move past them. Like, whenever you see a meter filling up, you just try to run. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you just. <laughs> I love how dangerous Curse is in the first Dark Souls. Like they've gone back to that well, and it just doesn't feel as good anytime. Mm-hmm. Like it just, this is not quite as scary. Um, I remember, like, did, have you ever seen that YouTube video where the uh, the person like, and this was obviously like early in the life of Dark Souls, so it wasn't as um, like nothing was as well known as it is now. But the mm-hmm. uh, the this dude invades and sends the host a message like, "Hey, I'm, I, I know where some treasure is. Like, follow me." <laughs> <laughs> and leads this poor host like down to the curse frog and then just uses the uh it's not <laughs> wrath of gods it's um what is the non-lethal wrath of gods is it force i think it's force oh yeah the force and one. just uses force every time the host tries to leave like or try to get away from the frogs just bounces him right back <laughs> <laughs> and i think to myself like that video must have taken like hundreds of attempts like to get someone to bite that bait and to, to hook them in and like that but man how worth it is it like that's just brilliant <laughs> oh yeah that's that's too good and uh, did you ever watch the um the ign um can we get a noob to play through dark souls before dark souls 3 comes out uh you know uh, prepare to kept, try series yeah they're prepared to try uh, people keep telling me that i should have checked it out but I, I, I never did get around to it it's pretty great they got the kid they have playing it he's like just enough of a spaz where it's the perfect new guy experience to watch through mm-hmm. and they had one serious dark souls player and one guy that played partway through and he just like got grumbly and quit and so the commentary is great. And then the look on the guy's face that really knows Dark Souls and super into it right before anything ever happens bad. <laughs> that guy just gets a small smirk and doesn't say anything. <laughs> I love the uh, like the moment on streams. Like if you're watching somebody new, like do a blind playthrough, like everybody will be like chatting in the stream and talking and having a good time. And then like somebody will roll up about to be into the, like let's say the, the, the archers in Orlando and like the chat just gets quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I always wonder, like, did the streamers see that and go, like, oh, shit, something's about to happen. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be the greatest advice. It's like, if everything gets quiet, you know something's coming. Yeah, yeah. It's like walking into the room and like, oh, hey, there's a bunch of health packs and ammo. Hmm, yep. I wonder what's about to happen. <clears throat> well, talk uh, to me about Dark Souls 3. Like, uh, did you, you picked it up day one, unlike the other two games, it sounds like. Yep, I had fallen in love with the two series at that point. I was like, I'm not going to miss day one on Dark Souls 3, so... Um, yeah, it was just fun to get into. Uh, it felt a lot better than Dark Souls 2. Like, you could tell Miyazaki was back at the helm. Like, things looked, looked more, like, they looked better, but they looked more like the original Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just the art, but just the way they felt. Like, in Scholar, everything would just had this, like, shine to it and movement that wasn't Dark Souls. I don't really know, like... I don't know if you've ever gotten that sense, but it just it didn't feel right. Whereas Dark Souls 3, like the movement was back, the armor was back and right, like everything seemed to fit so much better. Um, so that felt good immediately. And just the playing through of it, like my roles were back on par, I could parry better. And uh, even up to the first battle with uh, Ludix, Ludix Gunder, like that was just a good time. Like immediately I was like, oh, the the new lizard fights and this guy right out the bat. Like, Oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> you know, everyone talks about, um, like Andre and I, I'm guilty of this too, but everyone talks about Andre and Firelink as like their big mm-hmm. first, like, Oh shit moments in dark souls three. If they weren't spoiled on them by the marketing already. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that crystal lizard was like my first, Oh shit moment of like, Oh man, they've been growing this entire time. <laughs> Just really freaked out at seeing a, like something that's been in the series for so long, all of a sudden enormous and very upset with you. Very angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I got spoiled on Andre and a few other things. I watched a, a stream right ahead of time because I was like, oh, I'll see this first area. So that kind of ruined it for me. But uh, 
even unfortunately the Andrew Londo reveal was ruined because I was looking up something else and they said next area Andrew Lo- Andrew Londo I was like oh okay well that makes sense I mean we're they already talked about Londo so I'd already put the pieces together that we'd be re- returning there but I didn't know for sure mm-hmm. but that wasn't a huge big deal for me so uh no just Dark Souls 3 like it it was well done I've heard some people say it was short and I kind of agree with that it is, like, it I guess is, Dark Souls. It feels way oh, shorter, sorry. like like with the just the way that it's laid out. Like you have to go mm-hmm. to the to the Cathedral of the Deep, and then like you kind of like your 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 critical path through that game can be very very quickly. Can be very. Quick. It feels like kind of like a, a tree branch. Like you have a main line, and then you have a bunch of these offshoots that like they end. And like I'd spent more time trying to figure out where to go next when there was nowhere to go mm-hmm. than I did like kind of playing through the air. Be like, well, where, where's the door I'm missing? Like. And end up in some ways, like, I fought through all the giants in there in the, uh, the Cathedral of the Deep. And then I got out to that area that, like, just overlooks the nice scenery. I'm like, why is this even here? Like, I can't go anywhere. <laughs> so that kind of, that was a that was annoying. Like, you, you were expecting to kind of go back and at least have some path to go somewhere. Like, mm-hmm. not realizing you needed to go back somewhere. I was, did you, did you kind of get into... Um... Like you kind of mentioned that you Dark Souls one is obviously eking out over Dark Souls two just from a story perspective. Were you really into all of the callbacks to Dark Souls one, like all of the lore ties that they put in the game? Uh, it was cool. Like I, they could have done more with it, like everybody says, but I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's rather than getting another um, blacksmith, like it's cool to have Andre back. I wish they gave him a bigger role to do anything with. Yeah, yeah. It's like. It's like when anything when from does something and it's like you just kind of left it here like why didn't you just pick it up and go like those five extra steps and it would have been perfect mm-hmm. but i guess that's easy to throw stones at it you know in retrospect where it's like yeah. oh hey cool we'll just give you your old uh, blacksmith because everybody loved him and it was like that was the worst idea in the world <laughs> it just feels like they that they're aiming for a moving target like they like Dark Souls 2 was such a departure from the original Dark Souls 1 story and I got a lot of negative feedback from that and then mm-hmm. they swung so far back the other way that like now they're getting negative feedback for what they did and I- I've mentioned this a couple of times but like I feel bad for those dudes like it's like if you're trying to please the Dark Souls crowd like it's just never going to happen if you listen to the Dark Souls crowd like you're, you're almost better off just like you guys shut up we're gonna go make the game we want to make and then we'll let you know how it is later because <laughs> like, mm-hmm. otherwise like everybody's gonna complain about something and that's the thing, like when people talk about doing um like totally revisiting the series and doing a, a remaster, like if they did a remaster of Dark Souls One, if they were to fix or change any of the broken systems, like some of the covenants if they could fix those, they'd work out better. That they actually work. But I think if they fixed too many of the flaws of Dark Souls One, people would hate it. Yeah. You know? I've like I've said that over and over about Demon Souls. Like when people talk about a remaster of Demon Souls for new consoles. I don't want them to go like redo anything in that game. I want them to bring the game over as it is, like with the dumb character, mm-hmm. ten- like all of the weird, you know, idiosyncrasies of that game. Like I, I want all of it. Like it's dumb and it's broken and it's kind of inscrutable <laughs> in some ways. And that's a good thing. Like that should be the game that people play. <clears throat> yeah. Um, also, well, I, before I forget about it, you're talking about cathedral of the deep. Like, uh, there's a couple of areas in dark souls three I bounced off of, but, uh, like Cathedral of the Deep, I had a great first run, and this has happened to me several times in Dark Souls, but this is the one I remember the most. Where like I ran through, I'm like, this is really hard. I made it really far. I have a lot of souls. I need to get, like find a bonfire somewhere. And I kept running through. At some at one point, my health was low. I had like one or two S's left, and I was just like, all right, I need to make a break for it. I had just gotten up to the cathedral and kind of around on the rooftop, and so I ran down the. Uh, the stone branch down to the end where that little landing pad was and you could do like a a roll jump onto another uh archway that goes up to the top of the cathedral and without thinking i just ran and i rolled onto it i've never been able to replicate that roll onto it and it's supposed (laughs) to be a path you take but like every other time i like roll right in between the two and i fall off or i'll jump past it and i did this amazing run and i got to the end and it was like virtually before you get to the bonfire died right there like oh, on the, no. the back end of the cathedral <laughs> before you go through the doors like somebody showed up and just smoked me it's like ah oh, i'm never getting those souls back i think That's i made it worst. once caught him and then i got killed again and at that point it's like all right cathedral of the deep you win like this is hard 
for all its um flaws like the individual areas in dark souls 3 is are so good like you look at the mm-hmm. cathedral of the deep area with like that's a huge area like and it mixes that inside and outside architecture like it's just so good like the undead settlements are similar where it's like this huge area that wraps in on itself a few times but isn't connected to back to the main world in like a super mm-hmm. interesting way it's a weird compromise between dark souls 1 and dark souls 2 level design philosophy i think yeah and i think cathedral for me at least it suffered from like having at least maybe just too many enemies at a point or too few ways back to a bonfire. Like there's a lot of distance between two points. And then there was a lot of guys that it was always testing my fight. Well, I guess a uh, disclaimer. I played as a, uh, gosh, who was it? I started as a pyromancer, but I didn't take the pyromancer route. I ended up going the miracle route, which, you know, stupid on me. Um, I thought I wanted to try pyromancer for once. And I was like, nah, I'll just go back to my own way. <laughs> I should have started a new character. I didn't realize like I had no no ability to carry anything because my whatever stat you needed to do that was too low. My vitality was low. My uh, stamina was low. And I was like, well, I got to put stat points where I need them because I needed these certain weapons. And yeah, it was a poor thing there. Hmm. So it was just a difficult thing to get through with low vitality and low Estus. Yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, like a friend of mine on Facebook sharing a, a Dark Souls 3 screenshot pretty early, like after the game was released, and I was looking at it, and I was like, man, her health bar is three quarters across the screen. Like, maybe I should invest in some vitality, too. That seems way easier. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. like just realizing like how, many, how much health did you get for just a couple of points in that stat like was like, oh, shit, why did I do this before? This is way <laughs> easier. Yeah, once I juiced it up at the end, but I waited for a long time because I was trying to get certain weapons to work, thinking that that would help out my uh, my lightning damage and stuff. And so I was really just pumping points into that left and right. And I was like, oh, I heard on some bonfire side chat, they're like, yeah, lightning sucks. I'm like, it really does. Like, it's not just me. I thought they just made it hard. Like, <laughs> no, no. It's that's just... the thing. When you play the wrong way or not, a way that's more difficult, it just you just chalk it up to the game and you kind of tough through it. You don't know that there's another option out there. Mm-hmm. yeah magic runs and dark souls 3 are really tough like uh, i think the as much as i liked the idea of the split estus i think that just at a certain point like it just it's just kind of lame like I, I like the fact that you don't have to collect multiple spells in order to get like multiple cast but like having to sacrifice my health for like my magic potion refill is just kind of a kind of a lame thing especially if mm-hmm. you're getting summoned yeah. Um, like, and that further reduces your your resources. Basically, like, oh, good. Like, I got summoned, and in, in, in the early game, so now I have one health potion and one magic potion. Great. <laughs> this is this is just wonderful. Like, thanks, Dark Souls. Yeah, that mechanic was also a little bit annoying because I would get pulled in, and it might have had a split just from having him. I was like, well, I'll keep one around in case I have to use something, and then you just have almost no health to help the boss level battle. Yep. Too many times has that happened to me, and you go in, you get hit once, and you're like, well. You know, I guess I'm just gonna. <laughs> nice seeing you guys. Good <laughs> I hope I get something again pretty quick. <laughs> are you uh, up to date on all the DLC stuff too? Like, have you have you been watching videos? Or are you going to try to do that blind as well? I tried to go into a blind now. Um, I say that until I get stuck probably somewhere, and then I'll be like, oh, okay, I better go look it up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I between family and game time and work, like my pride lasts until I'm like, well, if I don't do this. I'm not going to have fun. So I'm going to go have figure it out and have some fun here. Yeah. Very nice. Do you have uh, like the, the stories around from software nowadays are all like what they're going to be doing next. Like, do you have a, a thing that you would like to see from them? Or are you just wanting like more souls games? So I would love more souls games. I'm excited to see anything that they do at this point. Like I've loved everything from them, despite it being, not dark souls one it's still a great experience no matter what like these are games i've invested you know 500 plus hours in of my life i think i like them <laughs> <laughs> um it'd be great to see what they could do with like a some sort of like spy espionage kind of thing hmm. um i think that they could work mechanics in there somehow especially with their kind of fair and balanced gameplay that it's so easy to be like, you know, Sam Fisher or any super agent now that can like kill everything. Whereas with, if they applied the same methodology they have on dark souls, like maybe it's not as easy to get through an area, but then they'd have to really balance it out. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But my ideal game, if they ever made it, and it would involve licensing, <clears throat> just Star Wars Dark Souls. It's like all the way. <laughs> lightsabers. Like, Dark Souls with a lightsaber, like immediately it's a new game to me. Like you just need to swap out a sword. Maybe I need the Blue Moon Sword or whatever that is. The uh, Gosh, what's that one? The... Oh, the Blue Blood Sword from... Oh, you haven't yeah, the one from like Seath's Tale. Oh, uh, uh, the Moonlight Greatsword. Yeah, yeah, Moonlight Greatsword. Maybe that would make me think I'm playing uh, Star Wars right there. But that would just be a an insane, cool like mixing in of that mythology, and then playing through it like Knights of the Old Republic combines with Dark Souls. Yeah, I went back. Um, I don't remember what I was doing, but I went back and looked at some old Jedi Knight PvP videos because it gets mm-hmm. compared to Dark Souls a lot because there was a lot of like weird honor systems around that stuff where like. You know, these two dudes on the internet would bow to each other because they're Jedi. That's nice. right. Yeah, I played that. I totally forgot about that connection. Yeah, it's 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 very strange to go back and, and look at all those videos now because everything's like at a hundred thousand miles per hour and like you no idea what's going on. They're flipping and doing like it's just it's just it's incomprehensible looking. Which I'm sure like Dark Souls PvP is to, to like people who don't play it. You're like, what the what is this? Who are these? What are you doing? Like this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, the some of the most fun I had, I actually paired up with some guys in the forest in DS1 and uh, did some forest play. And it was years afterwards, so these guys are insanely good. They all have the best stuff out there, and I my character is still fairly early on. But it was just a blast because you kept going in and throwing at it, and the guy would just wait for me. I'd pull him right back in, we'd do it again. <laughs> it's just stupid fun. Like It doesn't matter that it's all broken. It's just it's more lovable because it's broken. Absolutely, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Robert, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I, I really appreciate it. And I, I want to apologize again for the scheduling <laughs> snafu that started this out. I, uh, the very first episode I recorded of this, I was like, I just wasn't thinking. And I was sitting there. Uh, I think Mitomo had just come out. And I was like obsessively like answering questions with my Mitomo friends. And, re- and like looked up when somebody texted me. It was like, aren't we doing a thing at three? And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so this is the second time that's happened that I've had that I've messed up the schedule. And again, I apologize. I, I would At least this time yeah. it's it's because your email like uh, glitched out on you. It wasn't because yeah. you were just blowing me off to play Darkest Dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I didn't just be like, nah, I don't feel like recording today. I'm just going to play more Darkest Dungeon. So. I was like, maybe I'll like direct message him on Twitter or like tweet at him. And then I pulled you up, and you're like, "Hey, I'm gonna start a stream." And I was like, "That's 27. That can't be right. It's 27 minutes ago." And I pulled up my Twitch. I'm like, "I actually had to make a Twitch account to go and be like, hey, uh, are you gonna podcast or I didn't did you mean PM?" <laughs> I didn't realize you had made the Twitch account. Wow. Now I feel really bad. But thank you again for being on the show. Can you uh, can you tell everybody where they can find you on the internet? Yeah, they can find me um, on Twitter. I'm Hobear, H O B E A R, or at Robert W O'Brien on twitter um that's kind of the main place i do uh, most stuff out there excellent well again thank you for coming on the show i really appreciate it yeah thanks for having me as always i've been your host jeremy greer you can find me on twitter at jg greer the podcast is on twitter at dgus podcast the podcast is also on facebook and instagram and tumblr so if those are your preferred social media networks go hit us up over there if you want to come on the show like robert did just send me a dm on twitter or send me an email to dguspodcast at gmail.com and we'll get you scheduled to come on to the show thanks and always remember don't give up skeleton <laughs>